Hi listeners, I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie. And we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. Christmas, everybody! It is horror movie night, and we are talking about a movie that I think I've been pitching since the very first Christmas episode of Horror Movie Night. We're finally here. I'm so excited. Rewatch this this morning. Big ass smile on my face. Christmas morning. Feeders two, <laughs> sleigh bells, 1998. And let's go with a quick history, real quick, before we dive yes, into this. Please. Um, so let's just very quickly talk about the directors and feeders in general, right? So we have, uh, and I have no clue how to pronounce this name, so I'm going to just go Finish swing through the fences. There's no drinking uh, game for this, so you'll be the, fine. The, <laughs> the Polianini brothers is what I'm going to go with. Sure. Uh, yeah, that's, where I buy, that's where I buy my bread. And yeah, <laughs> perfect. Uh, Mark and John. Uh, in 1987, they made a shot on VHS film called Splatter Farm. Uh, that sold decently enough on VHS, but it was their movie feeders that put them on the map because Blockbuster Video was the official distributor in an attempt to cash in on the popularity of Independence Day, and it became the number one independent film rental of 1996. They I mean, then what an incredible honor! Yeah, uh, what an incredible feat. <laughs> They then they then went on to collaborate. They went on to collaborate with John McBride on on feeders, who had done Cannibal Campout. Go Connecticut. Yeah, he did Cannibal Campout, and then they made enough money from that blockbuster deal that they just funded over forty films. What? Um, some of their notable oh, it's because titles because they cost five grand a piece. Yeah. <laughs> some of their notable 500. titles. Oh, I'm sorry. Feeders two is five hundred bucks, not five thousand dollars. <laughs> 
include movies like Muckman, the Amityville Death House, the Amityville Exorcism, the Amityville Island, the Shark Encounters of the Third Kind, and my favorite of all their titles, Noah's Shark. Noah's Shark Uh (laughs) fucks. Noah's Shark is great. Highly recommend. Now they got that sweet Tubi deal. I think everything that you listed is on Tubi. Uh, so. John, the brother John, unfortunately died in 2008, but Marcus continued to make and release movies, including in 2022, Feeders 3, The Last yeah, Meal. Bring it back, baby. <laughs> in honor. <laughs> um, so this movie, like any good uh, shot on VHS sequel, spends at least five minutes just recapping and showing you old archival footage for the people who didn't, if yep. you were one of the very few people who didn't help this become yeah. the number one most rented independent feature at uh, Blockbuster in 1996, you got caught up on what yeah. happened in that first. Oh, so nice they did movie. it twice. They had yeah. sort of yeah, like this like true. ominous <laughs> intro version of it, and then they're like, "Oh no, yes, you were. If you thought that that was a recap, you're correct. Here's ten more minutes of John <laughs> which, McBride." And they still didn't make it to ninety movie. minutes. Like yeah. that was yeah. say, this movie is seventy-nine minutes. 72, 72, 72 okay. minutes long, and at least 12 minutes is footage from the first Feeders movie. But you do get to see what is my favorite moment in the first Feeders film, which is, of course, the green screen decapitated head that the feeder is eating laying on the ground. Oh, where, oh my yes. gosh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> where it looks like it's coming out shitty. of a. Yeah, it's, it's bad. It's really it is. Bad. This movie, to me, is phenomenal in like. And this is your weird-ass movie night main event. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. this is what you end the night on because every second of this movie, we've talked about this before, that there are certain movies that have this level of badness where every element is inept. The actors can't act. the, The special effects don't exist. The script is barely there. But... You can tell that they think that they that they got something here. Like I, I really do believe that they're trying to make a passable movie, and nothing shines brighter in this film to me than the soundtrack of a Casio keyboard playing your favorite Christmas songs, yeah. like "Oh Christmas yeah. Tree" or "Joy yeah. to the World," or yeah. the most on the nose one. Amazing Grace when we meet a priest character <laughs> like it's... who, I, as we know, all priests Christmas Eve sit at the window and read their Bibles. Read their <laughs> Bibles. They're not busy. Uh, that's not Christmas with Eve. Anything else? That's anything literally else. every night. You cannot tell me that every priest <laughs> in the world, right now, as we're recording this, is cracking open a fresh Bible. Yeah. That's how that priest in the Sentinel died. He's just up in the attic just reading his Bible out the window. What else are they going to do? They can't have sex. Speaking of the priest scene specifically, the music shifts, and it's definitely so that you're prepared for him to get eaten by feeders, but it shifts just as he starts to walk into the basement, and there was a part of me that was like, in any other movie you'd find some real fucked up shit in this basement where you'd be like, all right, cool, we're ready for this priest to die. Because the music nope. is like dark and ominous in such yeah. a different way. Not, also, not a church basement uh, <laughs> no. at all. Yeah, and why no. is there like all... Kyle, <laughs> are you telling me that the that they didn't shoot on location for all this? Like he wasn't in an <laughs> no, office building when he was I, at work? It's almost like I'm beating... I'm like, he's, de- he's already dead! Like, I don't need to be saying this shit, but So, the thing about it is that just I, I want to believe that they... That, that basement that they shot 
the quote unquote office scenes scene in <laughs> is that just the other side of the same base is it all in oh, the same house i am positive that, that they never left this actor's home for anything yeah. well so the, the it's his the, own children playing yes, the children exactly. in the movie like <laughs> i had to say that too is mm-hmm. it's so funny to me mm-hmm. that like the, those kids didn't even even have to act because they just called their dad daddy yeah well daddy. the other but thing the, is also that the one dad girl's is the director yeah Yes. Well, the other thing is that the yep. the daughter totally phoning it in, not giving oh, any effort with man, any line of dialogue. On. She's like, but, she's like, dad again. Yeah, <laughs> like, how many son, movies has she been in? The son is gleefully shouting mm. out every line of dialogue that's being yeah. fed but that's to worse. Him. It's worse uh, because it at least he she seems re- like a realistic child, and he seems like a caricature of a child. Yeah. yeah, I just the two lines. He always, that I wrote you can down, see him looking off screen for approval, <laughs> like right at the last like two frames of each shot that he's in. He's yep. just like, Did I, right, right, Did I, I do it right. I wrote down two of their lines. The one is when they see the feeder across the street, and she goes, "I think that's an elf," and he goes, "I don't want an elf, I want Santa." <laughs> yeah, he sounds drunk. And then the other line is when he just yells, when's Santa going to get here? Like, yeah. he's just like... Yeah, that's great. So, oh, my the, God. The audio peaks and everything. And I, and I yeah. kind of appreciate that also in the flashback, you get to see that the alien effects somehow got shittier they by the sequel. Absolutely worse. <laughs> there was two alien fabricators. Two. Two people made those aliens. And Car- Car- I watched it with Carly last night. She just goes, two? Two people? <laughs> yeah. You know, here's the thing about this movie is that it's fucking terrible. Oh, it is awesome. unwatchable. Don't listen to Matt. The yeah, only correct. joy you will find... If you watch this, is by discussing it with other people who also mm-hmm. sat through it. Um, That's why yeah. I say it's a perfect like weird ass movie night. This is right, but this I is didn't have watching. that. Oh, that I know. Opportunity. I you was alone in my bed watching me, this today, man. But this like, wasn't your first watch, Matthew. <laughs> this was probably honestly. God, this was probably my fifth or sixth watch of this movie. I hate you. There is something wrong with you. <laughs> so, a couple things. First of all. Um, as terrible as this movie is, it really does have plural theaters in it, right? Yes. yes. There are Which two might of come them. into that might come into play when we do double the, features. Exactly, because there's another <laughs> Christmas horror movie that is very shitty, but is obviously one of my favorites, where they did not have the plural of the monster. But here's the thing about the feeders. First issue that I have beyond anything before we even roll tape uh is the fact that this movie is called feeders 2 it should have just been feeders but instead of having the it be f-e-e-d-e-r-s it should have had a two in the place of one of the e's preferably the third one so it would have been feed two r's (laughs) feeders (laughs) It would have been so sick. It would have been so 1998. Yeah. Uh, and it's been bothering me for a week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I have no one to blame but myself for the fact that we discussed this because I was hardlined. We're not ever going to do Feeders 2. And you then were. Matt just caught me on a good day. I was yep. in a good yeah, mood. Yeah, he did. He did. And, he and really I did. was like, sure. And yep. I really feel like that was a mistake on my part. <laughs> 
Uh, I don't know. I think we're going to have a fun episode out of it anyway. You oh, are. I Kyle, heard a noise. What's what that sound? I'm going to make this episode even more fun for me. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so because there's a special appearance by... We haven't even gotten into the special cameo here. Uh, a character cameo in Feeders 2, Sleigh Bells. But uh, so I'll just spoil it. I got Santa Claus. It's an Imperial Stout <laughs> Perfect. with cinnamon buns. Ooh, cinnamon uh, also, buns. Yes, from Fat Orange Cat in Connecticut. It's really great, but I saw you stepping on something, too. I yes, have a Mad, Mad elf, elf because it was the only thing I could think of for how... I, I really... These are Harlequin baby aliens. They have no skin in their eyes. <laughs> they are so wiry. Like, yeah, and They're... so I wish that there was like a Harlequin <laughs> named beer that I could have found, but there wasn't. Mm. I wasn't about to go make a extra effort for this because fuck this movie. No. Why no, should you make was, effort? A... The directors didn't. Um, <laughs> so... No, they made a lot of effort. They just so, didn't spend any money. Yeah. So listen, yeah. guys, if you're going to Google, make sure you Google feeders too to see these aliens and you will see what are literally just like foam balls with yeah. the eyes and no, like the eyes and mouth, basically just like Mr. Potato headed onto you them. Know what, like, no, no, just... you know what those, those eyes are? Those are basically semi-melted candy hearts. Oh. They, 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 so they, they look like they're, they're just bad candy. Um, yeah, and when I was they're ice cream, like gumdrop ice cream uh, eyes. eyeballs yes. from yes, yeah, ice, exactly. ice cream Thank bars. You. That's better than, than the cinnamon, <laughs> uh, cinnamon hearts. But here's the thing about how terrible these, these feeder aliens look is that when I saw the head for the first time and it cranes around a little bit and the, 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 the rubber of the neck kind of <laughs> twists, um, I thought to myself, I remembered this. The, when I was a child, we would go to a family friend's house for a holiday party every Christmas time. Well, I'd be like the, and all the, the kids first would gather second. around the TV and there watch w- feeders two sleigh bells. <laughs> um, we would gather around the craft table and we would make crafts while the parents got fucking wasted on eggnog. Right. And then drive us home because that's safe because it was the eighties. But anyway, yeah. the only time of the year that I would ever see those styrofoam balls that were about the size of a golf ball which are literally what they used for those feeders heads was at the christmas at the annual christmas. christmas party and See, i'm thinking to myself even the like i could have into made christmas them. time yeah, yeah. Maybe should we did. make feeders for creature feature weekend Ooh, the 10 uh, people that know what it is will love it <laughs> i don't know man i could easily do that i just don't think i should well, well no, we'd we be in feeders area it was all shot in like that area of pennsylvania all right, yeah, listeners, oh, sound off. Maybe. Do we need <laughs> to make commemorative feeders for our table yeah. at Creature Feature Weekend? It will be um, actually They'll have on little t-shirts that say feeders and then I hardly knowers on the back <laughs> so we can really make it an H&M, H&M uh, uh, product. So, <laughs> so I do need to give a shout out to the best actor in this entire movie, which is, of course, the family dog. Every time that it's a close-up of that dog's face, he's yeah. giving the exact emotion that that dog is supposed to be giving. Exactly. He looks exactly. scared. He looks The emotion defen- is, like, I'm going to get hit or I want a cookie. Like, it's all yeah. it is. Do you think that, speaking of animals, though, I want I wanted to reflect on the cat briefly. Because oh, do you think the they really killed a cat hair. for that top Well, the, the hair seemed yeah. like he might have cut it from his wife. Yeah, and, and then dipped it in blood. Cat was safe. Threw it at a cardboard box. Yeah, just yeah, a couple. It was... it was the tiniest bit of hair just hitting this box, and then yeah, yeah this like 
again, this awful torn up cat effect where it's like, I don't even know. I don't know how they did it. Let yeah. me tell you something. I've so having seen Noah's shark and I, I mean, I can make it a fair assumption that even though technology gets better and they're able to do more things, the level and intensity and effort put and money put into the effects that they do in their later films is comparable to what they've done here in feeders too. It's this like the overlays are the same, like the overlays and the effects that they're able to get for like a UFO versus a shark in Noah's Listen, shark are Kyle, exactly the same. Why it's crazy would you, why would you break what's already working? I mean, they know what works. <laughs> like, Absolutely. And again, guys... like if they're doing the Tubi deal, if they have 40 films on Tubi, they're able, like it's they're, they're also doing the equivalent of what they were making probably on the blockbuster deal. Maybe not like in exponential, but like the ratio the same, and what they've oh, okay. made in their output yeah. on Tubi is able to finance and equal yeah. what they're like. It's just it's it is honestly a beautiful, perfect, independent science full of films that I do not enjoy. Yeah. Even that's coming from me. Yeah. I know, like even I, though I said no. Again, I, I take that back. so I, I do want to hit a couple notes here that I have written down. Mostly lines of dialogue. A couple lines of dialogue that come from the actress playing his wife. The most insane random moment in this movie for me is pretty early on where she yells at her kids as they're wrestling, maybe Santa will bring you some sanity for Christmas, and then just a loud fart noise happens. Yeah. No real rhyme yeah. or reason to it. It's just because that kid's butt was in the frame, and <laughs> I think they just wanted to throw a fart noise in there. Was, and that kid, that if that's his director's son, embarrassment for life well, oh, the rest bummer. of his the rest of his life terrible the dad there and then there's another <laughs> there's another hurt. moment where they're playing music the the audio mix in this movie is so bad where like any sound effects or any music overpowers anything that's happening yeah. dialogue wise and there's a scene where i am confident that he told her to just go in and say something and he's like the music will we won't even keep it in there and she just very monotone says like Hey kids, how about cartoon? It's yes, the exact yeah, line. that scene. <laughs> that like, was definitely the mom's best line. But we have to talk about if the kids given a hundred percent in this movie, the actor that they brought in to play his boss is giving a hundred and ten percent. Oh, yeah, honestly, worth the price of admission. He just Merry Christmas, scene. you son of a bitch! <laughs> it's like one of what do aliens first... have to do with insurance claims anyway? <laughs> and then he yells, "I hate Christmas!" And then he goes. Uh, don't worry boss I'll finish this up before I head home and he goes you asshole you better and then he walks out and it's shot where you know that they shot those in completely different places because it's a very big dude, close up on the boss's face that dude I wonder if that dude was just like a truly local Pennsylvania I mean yes I know he was but oh, like a thousand like, percent I, he was but the a local actor who was like this is it like feeders too like it's it's already an established <laughs> it's, it's already an established property. franchise <laughs> yeah this is fantastic for me i'm gonna get in on this i um, feel like warehouse the... manager no, <laughs> yeah yeah i feel oh like the best part about this movie isn't the movie itself but rather the fact that it has really it is so terrible that it puts into perspective other zero budget film this this is the late 90s version of like a bird demic you know what i mean like they are they yeah. are at they are on the exact same plane in my mind of like no budget for special effects 
no real direction being given to these actors. Yeah. Case in point, the fact that the director is the star of the movie and his apparently his whole family is the cast. So it's just Wh- that's why, why I like they- the dude. What was his name? John from from Camp uh, Cannibal Campout seems to be John the McBride. only person that's like kind of an actor <laughs> in yeah. this movie, and his scenes are all flashbacks and something that they probably he probably filmed that himself and sent it to these oh, guys yeah. you know yeah. what i mean like well i think that it like it feels like honestly that feels like a, a filmmaker's collaboration because he was up john mcbride was up here in as far as i know he was up here in connecticut doing his own shot on video stuff so there is this world and there's this interesting collaboration probably maybe brought together by like a blockbuster or like the the sort of the buzz of like being able to do cheap properties and sell them out like this is the there's the vhs boom that we've talked about of like studios and full moon and things like that being able to like put their movies on the shelf and make a ton of money this is like a weird second wave if not third wave version of that that happens and also filmmakers making the cheapest versions of these things like they are it's just it's just really i don't know it's it's a fascinating little microcosm of independent filmmaking shot on video stuff particularly but like this new england like team up is really odd it's yes. really really oh, odd super me. odd and but then it's like there's these elements and he was the best actor john mcbride was the oh, best actor 100 the but there's also these elements of like they accidentally do something good. Like, like one of the notes that I wrote down, I wrote it down jokingly, but I said, I love that German expressionism as she walks down the stairs to get Fluffy the cat. Oh, and yeah. it's literally yeah. just that they had to put a camera in a specific angle to shoot the scene. Yeah, but it it's also weirdly the most well-shot moment <laughs> yeah. in the whole movie from yeah. like a camera placement thing because everything else is just like, here is the that tripod pointed so directly either. at you. Yeah. That actor wasn't so bad either. She seemed like she was having a phone conversation. Oh, yeah, I, I believed I believed every second of that <laughs> phone call. Th- nobody talks like that on the phone, you know? Like she, no. she didn't well, pull no, it away listen. from her ear at all. It was it was very <laughs> odd. So I think that the highlight of the movie, the actual movie for me, is actually when the theaters see the Christmas tree and they are just perplexed. Yeah. That's the that's <laughs> yeah. that's the best part of the movie. Yeah. There I mean, was a great also... shot there with the feeder's head in the reflection of the ornament. Yeah. yeah that actually was killer. Um, uh, I mean, we have to, you, you already mentioned it a little bit, but the real life Santa Claus shows up at one point in this movie uh, where the feeders attack him. But the thing that makes me laugh so hard is the quick cutting between actor with fighting fake puppets and then them just like waving a toy. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Down as it's crashing to the ground. Um, And then Santa shows up packing some heat. Oh, the sleigh. Yeah. Yeah. The sleigh was great. I'm so glad they showed it twice. Yes. Oh, you had to make sure. Because you didn't get to see it the first time. No. No. I was was like, is that what I think it is? It is. It was very nice. (laughs) But then we get to this ending, and it's this. It's all a dream ending. I wrote, this is one of the more meaner notes I've written about an actress in a movie, and it's not really about her. It's about the lack of direction. But I said his wife is just always standing there looking like Napoleon Dynamite. (laughs) She really is. Just awkward. Looks like she doesn't know what to do if she's not saying her lines of dialogue. How did she get in this? Okay, so that is confusing to me as well. So literally everybody in this dude's family except for his wife signed on for this. I mean, I guess the kids couldn't say no. But um, the wife signed off on the kids being it, but she was like, 
he was probably like, do you want to play the wife in it? And she was like, no. Um, no, I don't want to be seen kissing you in this movie. <laughs> exactly. It's crazy. <laughs> like, uh, that woman was the one who said yes, you know? Yep. Yo, but listen, she's been in a lot of things that these dudes have done. Yeah. Like, Peter Rottentail. <laughs> she was a voice. Bad Magic. Nightcrawlers. Are you reading off these names like we've supposed to have no, seen them? I, I no, want to believe he's no. not even reading them. I think he's just Amityville remembering Island. it from his own past of watching the movies. I wonder where. So, like, so Amityville Island 2020, <laughs> she's just credited as a voice on the phone. So, who is this woman in relation to. It must just to, be a friend of the family or maybe, something like maybe. that? Maybe. Like, it's just I, like who knows? It's just like call up Aunt Martin. I'll call up Aunt Maria. She'll do it. Or your cousin Maria will absolutely lend her voice but to this. You, I do have to say, I love the very last shot. I love the alien bursting out of the box jump scare. I think it's, I think it's <laughs> well done. I always yeah. forget that that's how it ends because I'm like, oh yeah, there's gonna be something in that box that makes him realize it wasn't all a dream after all. But I forget oh, that it's literally sure it an alien feeder? exploding out of the box. <laughs> like, <laughs> This movie is this movie is also insert city. Like yes. if we actually measured the amount of just like inserts versus people talking or any other relevant information, I think it'd be half and half. I think it would be no, almost pretty definitely. close. But hey, uh, which which made me realize it. I have those Lion King sheets, and I also had not anymore. I used to, uh, and then I had that sleeping Santa, that snoring. I had Santa. that sleeping Santa too. I like. 100%. I was like. I was so happy to see it again. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Um, look, guys, are here's you a the sleeping other big Santa? Benefit. Or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> <laughs> that's not a belly. That's <laughs> look, I Scott. This was know. win-win because you no. got all of feeders to sleigh bells, and you got and the all only. Of and you got, yeah, the only reason to watch the first Feeders. So there's no reason for me to ever pick it. You know, it's it's gone. I'm done with it. Have you watched guys. Feeders 3 yet, Matt? No, but I didn't know it existed until today while researching it. So I watched the trailer. Carly and I watched the trailer, too, immediately after. Bad. That's what I was going to pay. That's my double feature is just the trailer for Feeders. So, <laughs> nice. so, Kyle, let me ask you a quick question. Oh, both of yeah. you guys. Alien, so this one, Alien special effects took a major dip down are they still at feeders 2 level did they go lower or they actually they kept up? them the same they they right. remade the feeders to look the exact same um yeah and the weirdest part about that is that on imdb there was a there was a um a review that said that the trilogy is is great because of the fact that they made the, the, that it was it was tight like the the, the the story was tight you know not in like a oh yeah it was tight but rather in like a that was tight writing which blows my mind um because i mean tight in the sense that there was like maybe pretty minimal closure like, is what they yeah. i think that they were talking about yes i mean the the if the, the tightest thing about this are the shots because mm -hmm. it's literally 30 percent people's noses um yep. the it's shots so are like close. so tight on the, Dude, the bosses face. the boss's face is the entire shot he's the entire the frame, frame. The yeah entire Crazy frame shot. and i loved i loved looking at uh homeboy's hair it was so <laughs> oh my god when the hair when the hair dryer blew the fuse i was like yeah no this is 1998 for sure <laughs> i was like i remember i distinctly remember that happening oh i definitely had to run down to the household. fuse box on many occasions for my yeah. my parents yeah. <laughs> um, I was like, damn, Jesus. But, some things don't change. But hey, man, we gave this 27 minutes, which I think is more time than it took to write the script for Feeders 2. So, uh, 
Yeah. Good work. Good work, guys. So proud of us. Hi, listeners. I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm. Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie. And we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. So is it Matt, is this your pick? Are you I mean this was kind this? of a group consensus. Uh it was but, Scott's pick for sure. But I'll spear oh, I'll, I'll say that I spearheaded this effort. So So Matt, what's your double feature gonna be? Do I take it off the board right out the gate? You can do whatever you want, my friend. All right. Then, I mean, you have to watch Elves, which is, like, mm. all of the reasons why I like this movie, but, like, way more enjoyable and palpable in Elves. Like, the insanity the insanity is better. The, the creature effects are better. Like, there's just a lot more to like in Elves. There's a lot more of a rewatchability to Elves. Yeah. Um so yeah, elves has got to be the double feature that you follow up feeders to with. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with Silent Night, Deadly Night two, strictly due to the fact that 20 percent of that movie is just recycled from the first movie. <laughs> Scott, I don't know if you've watched Silent Night, Deadly Night two in a while. I would say it's the reverse. 20 percent of that movie is, is new fresh. footage. <laughs> I, I was just trying to be nice. Yeah. So you're you're saying you're gonna watch four movies in a double feature? <laughs> Dude, it's only going to take me an hour and a half. <laughs> um, what about you, I, Kyle? I'm, I'm going to go – I'm not going to do holiday. I'm going to actually stick with our shot on video theme here, and I'm going to go with things. Um, also oh, boy. In, it's not going to be a fun – I mean, it could be a fun night. I think it would be a fun night. Things is so much the opposite end of the spectrum – as far as like gore and creature mm-hmm. and like it's still not great but it is just an interesting 
Uh, it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I had a backup <laughs> written down in case someone went before me and got elves first. Uh, that isn't holiday themed at all, but it is, I think, the next iteration of these types of movies, which is like the super low budget film that Blockbuster pushed harder than anywhere else, which is, of course, our personal favorite serial insane clown killer. Like, oh, I feel like that's like that next so evolution of like hyper low budget. Yes crap that only was able to get released because video stores existed and as long as you put like a gnarly ass cover on it like (laughs) people were going to rent it all right well before we dive into the final segment of the show real quick what's going on i'm not going to sing it today it's christmas uh (laughs) it's uh but just another reminder hit up our store uh you can find it on hmnpodcast.com Check out our Patreon, patreon.com backslash HMN podcast, or just find us on all of our socials, HMN podcast on like Instagram, or just search horror movie night podcast to find our Facebook group. It's always bumping uh, with, with dank ass memes and uh, good chats. So we now let's call move into those though. I promise. <laughs> That's fine. Hey, you everybody, uh, Synapse put out the con- the Convent Blu-ray for $50. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. You didn't see me post that, man? I saw uh, you no, post no, that they put it out. I didn't see the price on it. Well, yeah, here's the, the thing. Was... I didn't want to. I'm the one who posted that, um, and Kyle mm-hmm. was like, God damn the price. Oh, well, you weren't the only person that posted that, that commented that. But I didn't respond because in my shame, I think I spent at least 50 bucks for the Steelbook 4K release of uh the kindred yeah yeah no you did you did and i think that like if i had a little bit more time and emotion on my heart for the convent it's it's only been a few months since we've really fell in love like i've not committed fully to the bit (laughs) i don't wonder i'm just saying that i i think it's a lot i think it's a big ask for what I I don't I mean I looked at the special features and I didn't think that it was worth the price tag. No, honestly, but, but I also don't know what I don't know what the price tag is. You a know? lot of the time, it's also one of those things where you're like, all right, do I wait until like a year or two from now when they're doing like a Black Friday or Halloween right, yep. sale, and then suddenly this fifty dollar Blu-ray is like twelve ninety nine plus shipping, and I'm like, I paid twelve ninety nine for the Convent on Blu-ray. Vinegar Syndrome yeah. has a couple of those that they put out for this Black Friday. Fatal Games, which is technically on Tubi, but just like a really bad transfer. But Fatal Games has been a slasher that like you just can't find. And even on the Black Friday sale, it's like thirty bucks. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. No, and then, I've gotten to that know, point exist- where if it's under, if it's over twenty, yeah. especially if it's over twenty at a discounted price, I'm just like, nope, not. Yeah. I don't need it. <laughs> I mean, and I, I these are I I understand why these companies do it. They're boutique. They're like it, it takes a lot of money and effort to do it. I don't think that it's necessarily a bad price for it. I just can't. I, just I can't, can't justify it. it. Yeah, but you know, it. maybe if all of you sign up for the Patreon. Yeah, <laughs> we then can, we can, ju- can we can have everything he wants. <laughs> yeah. Um all right. So let's do the final segment here. Anybody got anything they're excited to talk about on what they watched? I'd love to be right in the middle if possible on this. Uh I'll I'll uh bounce off of the 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 convent convo. Um I watched The Nun on Max. Um, oh nice. Because I was not about to like rent it, but that and the nun two dropped and they were right on the splash page when I opened it up, and I was like, "I mean, it's a, a it's a, a religious horror movie that's based in the past, 
It's gonna. It can't be that bad. It was so fun. It was. I've so heard stupid, a lot of people so say fun. that the nun movies are shockingly enjoyable. Like, I mean, I, I have, and the thing is, is that I have not finished the nun two. Um, I don't know if we need a second nun movie, but it is also based in the past, which is. I mean, I, I love historical horror. Obviously, I mean, I hate to say historical. Let's see, let's call it period horror, and um, I always get a kick out of it because I love costumes. I just thought that the first one was like unnecessarily entertaining. You know, I had very low expectations and it really just satisfied what I was in the mood for at that moment. I can't promise that everybody will like it, but I had an absolute blast watching it. Let me ask you this quick question, Scott. It's a 2018 release. So in like five years, uh, would you even consider it as worthy of a of a horror night horror movie night watching or not that fun not that level of fun I mean, just enjoyable we had a blast talking about um feeders two sleigh bells i know no <laughs> <laughs> what, what was your um, role matthew what, do not what, gaslight us into thinking that this was fun <laughs> okay this what was, was, the, this was, was the a job one? matt <laughs> What was the one um, with the, the the tooth? Not the tooth fairy. The the one with the, the um the the doll the the porcelain dolls, and she like took their tongues. Um, Matt, oh, Dead it. Silence. Dead, Dead Silence. Silence fucking yes, rips. You know, man. I I hated Dead Silence when I watched it back in the day, and then we discussed it on the show, and I have newfound appreciation for it. So, I mean, give me five years, and I'll watch The Nun a yeah. second time, and I may feel like we could get. I mean, like right now, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, it needs to marinate, but I'd say in five years. I think years, that that's why I mean, the 10-year rule is great. Yeah. Because it yeah. really, yeah. the 10-year like, rule is great. I did write down like all the movies that are turning 10 horror films. And not that I think every single one of them we should do. That'll be a Patreon bonus feature, side yes. note, uh, listeners. But like a few of these, I'm like, you know what? Now that it's been 10 years, I am curious enough to be like, maybe we should revisit that one soon. <laughs> yeah. Um, whereas like five years ago, I would have been like, never, ever, ever, absolutely not. There's no reason for us to talk about this. Yeah. I mean, th there are so few movies that have come out recently that I'm like, I cannot wait until it, you know, until yeah. it's old enough for us to do. I mean, Ready or Not is top of my list. Uh, you know, yeah. movies I've just... Especially because I don't think we, we really, that probably one of the biggest misses at the time that we were doing in theaters now episodes. Was, yeah, I had of no like, idea it was going to be that good. Yeah. Like, so also guys, I think Scott, Kyle and I have like kicked this around enough, but we're going to see now that like, both COVID and writer's strikes are done. Maybe in 2024, you'll get one yeah. or two like in theaters or streaming it. now episodes. Mm -hmm. I would, yeah. I would but, like to, I think this, this podcast is very helpful for me, like forcing myself to do a thing, Yeah, you know, like, like I've told, <laughs> I, I've said this on the podcast. I like, this is the only time I choose to slash get to sometimes watch a thing. Thanks for feeders too. But, um, <laughs> but, but it, Kyle, it is, Kyle, it, it, listen, Think about the things that we've had to watch on your behalf too before you. <laughs> I hey, <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm sorry like that I made is... you watch feeders too. I could have brought some you're real right. bangers you're like right. humongous you've out here. Get, you honestly, you've never, you've never really given me that much shit. Uh, and so I will, um, I'll take that. I'll take that feedback uh, into 2024, uh, and maybe readjust my uh, Trello. Uh, uh, <laughs> editions but we'll see 
Um, but no, I would love to be going to the theater more. Um, yes, perfect. You know, I was just gonna I was gonna start this and say that I saw Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving. I didn't. Uh, yeah. I didn't see Thanksgiving either. Didn't watch that either. <laughs> I've done. I've done actually. Um, I've done unfortunately nothing. I've just daydreamed about watching things. Uh, yeah, I, like, I really I don't even have. And everyone's loving Thanksgiving so much that I want to. But every single theater trip in my brain now it's it's the. I know that all of us get this from different experiences in our life, but dear Lord, the freelance lifestyle, it's like, it's not a 90 minute movie. It's a 20 minute drive. It's, it's sitting through a bunch of trailers. It's then the 90 minute movie. It's the 20 minute drive home. And then that's like three hours of, work i could have been getting done that's no, like i'm the same way gone. and i'm not i'm not even a freelancer yeah. dude like i have it's so like unless it's projects. a home run it needs it's to just, be a fucking home run that's yeah. worthy of my time and it sounds barbie. like thanksgiving actually was barbie. but but anyway well, ba- barbie was only a home run for me because i got to spend what it watching i spend that time watching it with my wife yeah and we both mm-hmm. absolutely loved it i'm that's not gonna thing. subject I, megan to thanksgiving yeah i've i've definitely the uh, the only times I've gone to the theaters, I think there was one solo trip all 2023. Yeah. yeah. It's been either dates with the girlfriend or dates with like catching up with friends that are like, right. oh, let's go see mm-hmm. this movie. Um, I'll do mine really quick. Uh, despite Scott's dislike, Brian strongly recommend it. Checking out the uh, Chucky series. Um, I watched the first two seasons so far. I it's It's fine. It's better it's more background noise than holding my attention level of television sure um there is a really fun episode uh called death death in denial uh which is a murder mystery episode where chucky barely shows up for the entire episode uh it's actually um a uh non-binary actor or playing both um Glenn and Glenda like they're doing like the split screen trick. Oh cool. In yeah. human in human form visiting Jennifer Tilly which is Tiffany possessing the actual Jennifer Tilly's body Whoa. which was established in the Seed of Chucky movie. So yeah. it's all of these celebrities coming for Jennifer Tilly's birthday party and it's like Joey Pants and like all these other like B movie actors and then the waiter dies and it turns into like an Agatha Christie murder mystery, but it's less of a murder mystery because three of your main characters are serial killers, but everybody else at the party isn't aware of that. Like, it's just very fun. And then something that might not mean anything to to Scott, but to Kyle, the end of the episode, which is the minorest of spoilers, but this delighted me, is then Chucky shows up and he's hosting a TV show called Chuck. And he's like, well, that was a confusing episode, and there's still some loose ends, so I'm bringing out Chucky superfan, WWE superstar Liv Morgan to help me break this down. And, like, the actual Liv Morgan shows up, and he, like, fills in the gaps in the episodes, and he's like, but there's something that's really missing in this episode, Liv. And she's like, what is that? And he's like, you know, what's the point of us having the MA, like, the mature audience rating if I don't get to use my... 10 qualified fucks that I'm allowed to say in this show and I kill somebody in a brutal matter 
And she's like, oh, that is a shame. And then it cuts to a real life YouTube interview that Liv Morgan did like two years ago where she's like, if I could be in any movie, I just want to be a victim to Chucky. Like, I don't want to be the leading lady. I'd love to be killed by Chucky. And then he just keeps stabbing her while screaming fuck over and over again until he says it 10 times. And then the credits roll. And I was like, this is so insanely fourth wall meta craziness. Um, But... Good for the, the, I, it was it was fun enough. I I liked yeah. it enough. I'll watch the third season. I'm sure when the fourth season inevitably comes out, I'll like try my best to keep up with it. But it's fine. But it, like there are people who fucking love it, and I get why they love it because it talks a lot about gender identity, and it it really I mean it's tackling some pretty deep issues. Um, and I would never want to take that away from other people. But if you love child's play, why not give it a shot? Like you you're yeah. either gonna love it or you're not. But that's fine. That's what life is all about. I feel like there's enough like iterations of Chucky that if you stick like I, I don't I don't know what Chucky could do that you wouldn't like if you like Chucky anyway. Yeah. Like well it's if that makes sense. I mean it's, like it's we talk about Leatherface rare... a lot, but there's like a lot of <laughs> yeah. a lot of things that Leatherface does that maybe is well, not dope. And I feel like Child's Play, the entire Child's Play franchise and the Chucky franchise falls in this very unique category of being like one of the only movie series that I can think of, it would be like that and maybe Friday the 13th, where it would make sense for us to, throughout the whole run of this show, be able to cover all of the movies. Because mm-hmm. there's not like a, there's no like Halloween from 1978 or like 1984 Nightmare on Elm Street or Wes Craven's New Nightmare in that franchise. Like they are all these like, just on the borderline of like B-movie just happens, like, Child's Play and Friday the 13th are just like the the happy birthday to me's that happen to be popular <laughs> enough to warrant sequels. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. but by any other stretch of the imagination, they're just like another ripoff of a legitimately good <laughs> slasher film that like yeah. started the franchise. But the Child's Play movies are just interesting in the way that you're kind of just see. I, I listened to a podcast about Nick Cage today. And they were talking about how, like, if you really focus in on every Nick Cage role and what was going on at the time that he was making it, it feels like a meta commentary on how Nick Cage sees himself as a celebrity. (laughs) And I feel like you could look at that with Don Mancini with the Child's Play movies of, like, I feel like you're learning more and more about who Don Mancini is as a person with every single Child's Play project that he does. It's Um, nice when, yeah, it's nice when, like, uh, a person's sort of vision... Albeit whether it's uh, of concern or like of uh, if they're having a hard time or if they're actually, you know, creating in a safe way or whatever it might be. That sounds but, weird. But Kyle, um, but take like, us home. Take us home with something you watched. Oh, I just I just just I mean, this is going to prove more of an example of how slow I am. But I do want to say it because I've been really enjoying it. I'm on episode four of Fall of the House of Usher. And now you've you've known that I've been watching it. You yep. know when I started it. And now you know where I'm at. And You're at the I just want to say, point. listen, like I Flanagan loves a monologue. Like he loves, <laughs> he loves a motherfucking monologue. But then you know I say that, and then at the end of the episode that had seemingly the most monologues, which I believe was at, at the time of this of me viewing it, it is episode four, three or four. He didn't direct it. Like, obviously, he created it, and he's overshadowed. Like, his his print is all over it, but he did not direct the one that had the most monologues. Uh, I just, I'm really enjoying where things are going. I don't have a vast knowledge of Poe. I have sort of this, like, 
you know how like you can say Shakespeare and you kind of know like a handful of like major components yeah. of major Shakespeare things and you can know that he exists. I kind of feel that way about Poe where it's like, I know what the references are. I don't have to have a deep knowledge of the poem. I'm sure that if I had a deeper knowledge of what was happening, there would be something there for me, but it's not detracting from my uh, enjoyment of the show. And I really am. I'm really enjoying the show. Yeah. Think about those monologues that I'm talking about. The actors are killer. There's nobody who is not giving it's, 110% on it's, those levels. It's one of those shows where when you're watching it, it becomes very feasible that every actor could be nominated for every single like Emmy Award for dramatic act. Like if it was yeah. like if literally the best actor and best actress in a dramatic role category was just the entire cast of all of the house of the usher i'd be like they earned it <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah i wouldn't i really wouldn't have much question because like anybody. how do you pick who's like the standout in it like they're all yeah. bringing like a hundred and ten percent which i love yeah. that like horror shows just like the since it's literally just comedy or drama like any horror show just gets tossed into the best actor in a drama category <laughs> if it's a horror show <laughs> like, yeah yeah but, so I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'll let you know um, what the rest of the season feels like in February. So. Yeah, no, I can't wait. <laughs> I might be able to finish it by then, too. Yeah. We'll just do a spe- P- Patreon uh, or any listeners, really. Put in your bets. Who will finish Fall of the House of the Usher first? <laughs> Scott or Kyle? And in the meantime... Usher's going to be at the Super Bowl halftime show, by the way. Oh. Speaking of Usher's. Nice. Very important. Yes, that is true. Usher will, in fact, be at the Super Bowl halftime show. These are interceptions. <laughs> that was just a ploy um, for me to do that joke. This was this was our last episode that we had something to do with in 2023. But we've got one more episode voted on oh. by all of you listeners on Black Friday. And uh, I can't wait to flack that one out there for you. <laughs> Kapow! And we will be back <laughs> with more Horror Movie Night. I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the Femme Fam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie. And we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. Hey! 
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 